Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Friendly Ties podcast. I am here today with my friends Jonathan and Anastasia. Hello. Hey. And we are here today to talk about Terra Mystica Light, or my first Terra Mystica, which is called Terra Nova. <laughs> my first Terra Mystica. <laughs> I like it. So we're here to talk about Terra Nova today. So uh, for those of you who don't know, and, and probably many of you do, Terra Nova is, I'm not joking, it is the, the smaller, streamlined, cleaner version of Terra Mystica, which is a game that came out mm, like a, maybe a decade ago yeah, at this point. something about that. Um, Seriously? And they sort wow. of have, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's had two expansions and then they made Gaia Project, which is off the same like fundamental system. And then now they they said, all right, we're going to go backwards because the Gaia Project was up in difficulty. Mm-hmm. So let's step it down in difficulty, um, go back to our core roots, and we're gonna we're gonna make Terra Nova, uh, which is which is just a streamlined, cleaner, smaller version of of the Terra Mystica game. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I'll say right now, I was I've been really excited to, for this game to come out. Um, I love Terra Mystica. I've played tons and tons and tons of times uh on bga in particular but i also own a copy myself and i've done i've just i've, I've loved it since my first play that says a lot considering you have I know, so wait, few wait, wait, games hold on this is a game nick actually owns <laughs> i actually own this game yeah <laughs> i don't believe you um, i do i do i don't own any of the expansions or the mini expansions i just own the like base fundamental game it's in like my dad got it for me for for Christmas, and my dad's German, so I have a like German first edition oh copy, my God, like I right when it. it came out. I love it, collector. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't really get to play it with people too much because uh, I've played so much at this point that like playing with anyone uh, of of my like local friends uh, is is kind of pointless. I'm just I'm just leaps and bounds better than other folks at the game. Just have so much more experience at it. So I'm super excited for the idea of Terra Nova. Um, I'm, I was hoping essentially to play a game that had the same fundamental core concepts, but it was more accessible and then therefore more fun for other people to get into. Sure. How, how about the two of you? Where are you at in your experience levels of, of the, the Terra universe? Yeah. First, I just want to pause and say that there is a uh, Christmas parade occurring outside yeah, of my window. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. Can we hear the uh, yeah, sirens? And a the... little bit. Okay. The sirens of joy. It's good to hear that it's a parade because I was worried the building of swords <laughs> burning down. I'm going to just hope for the best because I'm pretty sure when the sirens stop, a marching band is going to start. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there is going to be a very loud Christmas parade going on behind us. So we're going to just hope for the best here. So, you know, I have played Terra Mystica, I want to say, like, two or three times. I've played it on Yukata, and I'm pretty sure I did that thing where, you know, I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Let me just play and see what happens. So, like, I don't even know if I can count those plays, but I definitely have played it a couple times on there, and it's been years. But Gaia Project, I've actually played quite a bit. And it was interesting to me, though, because in both cases, it's been a while. So when John was teaching the game... There was like this really lovely, like he finished and I was like, oh, that's basically Terra Mystica, like without all the extra rule overhead. Like, it's just like, I was like, cool. Like that, that, like, you know, that, that feeling that you get when you like sort of remember the rules to the game, but you remember like 70%. That's exactly <laughs> what the teach of Terra Nova felt like to me. I was like, cool. I don't need to look at the rule book. I don't need to do anything else. Like 
that's it. Everything that if I were to sit in conversation and say to you, what is like, what are the fundamentals of Terra Mystica? And I was like, oh, there's power, there's characters, you know, there's these actions. That's it. That's all yeah. that Terra Nova is. And like, so I must admit, like when we sat down, I was like, this is lovely. Like it's just in terms of like overhead, because that's what stops me. I owned Guy Project for a while and I was just like, I'm never going to play this solo. I'm never going to teach this to anyone. Like this just, it's too much. And, and, and even as we were playing this game, there, there was like, I was having like, we'll talk about this a little bit, like some almost trauma response to like the amount of overhead that goes into both of the Mystica and Guy project, the ability to mess yourself up, the number of little things you have to keep track of that for me, it's a very enjoyable game when I'm playing it if really got it loaded up and I'm like really dialed in, but it's a, it's a, it's a hard game for me to get the table. And it's a, it's a, it's a very heavy game in my opinion that, that I just, I don't, I don't find myself returning to all that often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've played Terra Mystica three times, Guy Project six, I believe. And, and my, I remember when Guy Project came out, I was so excited about it. I'd played Terra Mystica and then, you know, Terra Mystica in space. I love sci-fi settings and everything. Um, and I ultimately enjoyed Guy Project. You know, I played it three times as many times as uh, Terra Mystica, but, um, my big takeaway from it is, is it almost did too much. Like, like it, it frustrated me. And what I really yeah. wanted was a game between Terra Mystica and Gaia Project was kind of my my uh my fantasy <laughs> for this type of thing and then terra nova came out and it's it's not between them it's actually it puts terra mystica in between guy project and terra nova and so i was really curious to try it for sure because of that also as the rules teacher i like the idea of terra mystica with like 30 percent less rules and less components and all that <laughs> kind of thing um so yeah i i came in with it uh into this with with uh pretty um decent expectations as well and uh i I played this one three times now, um, and you two, we, we literally just played a three-player game of this like 20 minutes ago, and then we turned on the microphone. So we're trying to capture like first impressions from the two of you, and you know, I, I've got a, a couple of games under my belt. Uh, one of them actually was a uh, sponsored playthrough with Ben's video on the John Gets Games YouTube channel. Uh, that's going to be myself and my friend Dave uh, playing a two-player game of it. So if you're curious, um, that one should have come out already. You can search for that and, uh, and see about how the game plays. Uh, yeah, so... First impressions, uh, mine is is positive with some nuanced opinions. What about you two? I liked it. Um, I'm a I'm a heavier gamer, and so it's not it's not Terra Mystica or Guy Project if that's right. what you're looking for. Um, but it I think it has that same sort of like core loop. Um, I've got a couple things that I like and a couple things that I dislike that we'll we'll I'm sure kind of dive a little bit more into. Um, but I liked it, but I wasn't in love with yeah. it. I think is my like my gut my gut reaction. I guess a, a better question specifically for you, Nick. Um, I'm I'm really curious about what Anastasia has to say as well. But but Nick, since you've played Terra Mystica so many times, um, I was really curious to see your take because it really seems like Terra Nova was designed, at least from my perspective, for people who Terra Mystica looked too complicated for, or maybe they tried Terra Mystica once and they're like, this is too much for me. Um, so it's not Terra Mystica two in any way and in, in it, it almost seems like it was designed not for the nicks of the world and so that's why i'm i'm, I'm quite curious to, see, to hear what a nick thinks <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think you're right i don't think that this is a this is necessarily a great game for just anybody to pick up though um i think one thing that this game lives in is that i could bring it to a board game night and teach it to people and that's that's pretty legit but like people who are not who describe themselves as as light gamers or party gamers this is not this is not for them at all still so, too heavy yeah um it's it sits in like the 
I like to play, you know, light, light, medium games, like difficulty level. And I think that is already a pretty flush market. <laughs> yeah. We talk about those games a lot in this podcast, I feel like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I'm not sure that it, it, it fills a unique space, which um, I'll, I'll be curious to see how it succeeds in the coming, you know, year or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys. You know, there's been a trend lately, I feel like, with these games where it's like, you know, we take the the heavier game and then we create the lighter version, right? And I think what sort of started with a lot of like, oh, here's, you know, Castles of Burgundy, the dice game, or here's Twa, the roll and write, or here's like whatever, you know? And so I think that it is interesting to now see this moving into like truly like new games. Like, you know, the... the um. Terraforming Mars, what is the Ares Edition one called? Ares Expedition, I think. Yeah, okay. And it's been interesting because, as a rule, I tend to be like, you know what, if I've gone to the effort to learn the heavier game, why am I going to play the lighter game, right? Like, what, like, w- like, within reason, except to your point, Nick, which is like, if I really love a game, ability to get it to the table. Although there still creates a gap here, which is essentially... Like, well, if I really love the game, is the lesser game, like, is it still even going to be worth my time to get the lesser game to the table, even with new people? Like, might I not find a different game or something else? So up to this point, I've been somewhat like, eh, I'd rather play Terraforming Mars or eh, I'd rather play whatever, you know, Castles of Burgundy or whatever, within reason, because some of those games, they create really unique, cool experiences. I actually really like Castles of Burgundy, the dice game, and I really like Castles of Burgundy. So it's always going to be a like we'll see and so i too was really excited to play terra nova and i will say that for me this delivered like i don't know that i would buy this game and i but that's i don't own terra mystica either but i would happily play this game now i do have some qualms with it but i think for me in terms of like which one would i rather go to if it was just like hey let's sit down and we're gonna play a game I think I would pick this one up. And I think because of that added complexity, it was really nice to play a Terra Mystica that was only the 70% of the rules that I remember off the top of my head. You know, yeah. I just, I, I, I think that that delivered here, but I do think there are so, a few drawbacks to that. Um, but this is, this is a game that I feel like I can play against Nick and not feel like I'm just going to get murdered out of the gate. And, um, <laughs> Well, and frankly, beat him. So, yes. Yeah. You know. So we, we just finished a game. And, you know, <laughs> numbers can be interesting. One number in particular. We played a three-player game of Terra Nova, and it took about 80 minutes. Um, it was my third play, the first time for both of you, but your experience with these kind of games. But that's not bad. You know, there were definitely times mm-hmm. in this play that we just did that I, I started sitting there feeling like that, that familiar feeling uh, that I've had in Terra Mystica and Guy Project of, oh, I've screwed up. I, I you know, this is a... a, a, a quite strategic game of resource management. There's really only one resource in this game. Well, kind of two, money and power. And, you know, it's a game where you're going to be going through rounds and you're spending money in a variety of ways to do a variety of things. And you're spending four money here, six money there, seven money, eight money. And you want to make sure that you can do the things that you need to in time. And uh, definitely moments where I'm like, I'm one money short. I should have done this before that. And then I looked at the clock and it's like, oh, we've only been playing for 40 minutes and the game is over halfway done. Cool. like uh, I I made a mistake I'll try not to make that mistake next time whereas you know I've really enjoyed playing Guy Project I played it six times but 
from my recollection, those plays usually took between two and three hours. Um, like they're a heavy game, like a big time strategy game. And then the AP really sets in, even in that first hour, because I'm like, I don't want to make a mistake now that's going to cause me to be, uh, you know, out of the running an hour and a half from now. Whereas in Terra Nova, it's like, if I make a mistake right now, that's fine. The game's going to be over in 40 minutes and uh, I'll try to learn from it and do it better next time. All of these games have a snowballing aspect to them. I think that's what people like about the game. They like the economy infrastructure, right? There's something so satisfying in every one of these games about taking something off your board, putting it into play, mm-hmm. and now look it down in my mat, and that is my income. It's a very, very clean mechanism. I think Terra Mystica was one of the first ones to really do it on a, on a bigger scale. Yeah. And a lot of other game yeah. designs have, I think, taken it on since then. I think Eclipse came out around the same time, but they were they were right there. Yeah. When I see that now in a game, like my default is like, well, I'm going to like this game. Like uh-huh. I, I just, I, I love the way that it is aesthetically and also mechanically, but it, it creates, you know, having strong economic starts in all of these games is, is the fundamental core loop to the game. And I think one thing that I would levy as a criticism strategically against Terra Nova is that because there's only one resource money, I mean, there's power, but let's, let's. Uh, we'll come back to power later but like (laughs) since money is really the primary resource i think the snowballing in this game is even more dramatic than the other games because in gaia project workers tend to be kind of the limiting factor but you still need to pay attention to your money and terra mystica money and workers but usually money tends to be more the limiting factor and you can get into a situation where you've had a really strong start, but you only have essentially access to one of the resources. So you might kind of be choked out a little bit in terms of like, yes, you have a better economy than I do, but my economy is more balanced. And so actually I'm having just as good turns as you are kind of throughout the course of the game. Whereas in Terra Nova, if I explode at the beginning, if I have a stronger first turn, by definition, I just have more resources and I'm likely to just have a stronger second turn than you and then a third turn and so on and so forth, basically until the end of the game. Yeah. Um, so it's nice that this game is shorter because when someone starts running away, um, it's, I think, harder to catch them in this game than it is in the other ones because they're, it's not as... Because it is smoother, right? It means that if you're in the lead, you're less likely to stumble. There's less something. levers yeah. to pull to, to, yeah. to nitro 100%. boost you back in or something. Yeah, take a risk and whatnot. A hundred percent. And I want to like acknowledge that. So, you know, we, we've just finished a game of this. I very quickly, I came out ahead and like, yes, I was playing a faction that gave me three houses and then houses were rewarded at the, in the first turn. Like there, it just, I kind of played into it. You got more points and more money than both of us in the first round. And you want points and money in this game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I'm used to playing Terra Mystica Gaia Project. I'm used to that feeling. I kind of referenced this earlier, that sort of like, you know, trauma response is a little overdramatic for for a board game. But what I'm trying to say is like that just this feeling of, oh, God, like uh, that's not going to last or I haven't thought hard enough about what I'm doing or this is all going to fall apart or or I need to like analyze every little thing. And so (laughs) Nick pointed out in like the second turn that I was like 10 15 points ahead of them and I was complaining like I was like I was like, oh like my I gosh, don't know I what to do, to do. <laughs> I'm stuck I'm you know like and I was like because I was had anxiety that like that was just gonna come crumbling down and because I feel like in this game there is there is less to do there's less you, there you know power is fairly static your abilities there there's so much of it it's a 70 percent port you know as we've been saying from terra mystica but 
the things that they took out were kind of the edge cases, the sort of like slip around here or do this or maybe, you know, grab a little bit of something here. And like, so you can get to a position where in a round you may do two things and then kind of like have to pass because you're out of money or you're out of power. I mean, I think at most you took, we took like two power actions a turn. Maybe that was like, that was an extreme. I think I, I think I took one power action a turn if I was lucky and not even in every round. And so I just, I guess like you're, I totally agree with you, Nick, that there's just this element of like, because it's smoother, there's less to do. There's less to catch up. Like you said, you can also kind of like stay in the lead. Having said that, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Nick then in the last round, like roared ahead and then only lost by one point. So there, there (laughs) still was a lot of balance in that. And like I said to them, when we finished the game, I was really grateful to see that because even though I did win and I was ahead from the beginning, I only won by one point, which in this game is not a tremendous amount of points. So yeah. um, I thought that was really interesting too. Yeah, one thing that jumped out to me the first time I played this one was that because there's less going on, there's no uh, temple tracks, technology tracks, like that whole aspect of Terra Mystica and Guy Project are gone, there is less ways to score points. And that you know makes sense as a streamlined experience. And in each one of the game's rounds, there's five rounds, you randomly pull out a token and uh, at this beginning of the game. So you know what they all are at the start. And that token incentivizes doing a particular thing. So like in round one, maybe you really want to make trading posts. And in round two, you really want to terraform. And in round three, you really want to make the basic unit. And and you get bonus points for doing those things then. So this is a, a big part of the planning and the strategy of the game is, is trying to get victory points from those. And when it comes to points in the game, those are a huge portion of them. There's also this incentive to make towns, which are, you know, clusters of your buildings, and we don't need to go into those details. That's another good way to make points, and it's certainly something that you're angling for. But that's kind of it, to a certain extent. At the very end of the game, there's a one majority scoring for having the most of your uh, buildings that are next to each other. But I, I found, you know, I played this game three times. I found that at the end of the game, you can certainly find yourself in a situation where that last round, you don't actually have that much that you can do to score victory points. I've had experiences where, you know, I've had a bunch of money, like, you know, 18 money, and I'm like, okay, I could build this building, I could build that building, I could upgrade this, I could upgrade that, but why? You know, I realize, oh, wait, none of those things are actually going to get me to victory points. They might, um, the game we just played, I was nowhere near close to either of you for the majorities of buildings, so it's not like I could even contest that. I mean, the two of you had incentives to build buildings and vie for that majority, which makes sense. Um, and yeah, in the game that we just played, I took one action. I built a palace, which was nice, and it was incentivized. I got points. And then on my second action in the final round, I passed. And I got a bunch of points when I passed because of various other things. There's there's points on these passing tokens. I don't want to undersell the number of ways you can get victory points, but it is true that in the last round of the game, I functionally took one action. And I don't actually think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just something to go into because, yeah, for these economic strategy type engine building games, you can expect that ramp. And and that's not always the case. Sometimes that fifth round is, is maybe a little bit fizzly, at least as far as big moves are concerned, which, again, is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, you know, trying to get points where you can and, and not throwing money away at things that don't give you points. <laughs> Yeah, to really leverage, I think, the last round in this game, it's, it's like Gaia Project, for instance, is a game where I tend to end the game with too many resources, and I should have pivoted into scoring points more in the mid-game when I was still kind of like bu- building my economy. And Terra Nova, I think, has a similar kind of feel that you 
are supposed to prognosticate what you're doing for the next couple of rounds, round three, four, and five, so that you have something to do on the fifth turn of the game. Um, and if you don't have much to do on the last turn of the game, hopefully it's because you essentially cashed in your points in the third and fourth rounds, and you're like, great, I'm okay with having sort of a fizzle end here. I think that's that's reasonable, but I do think that this strategically, I mean, like play-wise, I think it's welcoming, but I do think still strategically folks who have that better sense of the arc mm-hmm. um are going to are going to have a, a just a, a different experience a more not smooth but they're they're going to understand like how they want to kind of score points over the, the course of those rounds um but a lot of the times like you're you're going to get into a position where you're like oh great like because i don't have the research track or the temple tiles from um terra mystica or from gaia project that say hey doing this thing scores points i really just I'm just I'm just scoring exactly what it tells me to do. Like I'm following the rules. A, a good little Terra Nova Nova soldier here. <laughs> I mean, I think that like John said at the beginning of the game, he said, "Oh, well, you're doing." He said to me, "You know, you're doing like a fairly traditional strategy." I don't remember exactly what you said, John, but you were just basically you're like, playing towards those bonuses, playing the fundamentals, yeah, bread and butter, like just whatever the f- bonus for each round was. I was like trying do to it. do it. I like yeah. build my cities, and it did feel relatively vanilla. So, like, I do kind of want to like acknowledge that for the more serious, you know, Terramistica guy project fans, you know. But Nick, you know, sort of you're representing that in a lot of ways, like. For me, what was lovely is like I haven't played Guy Project or Terra Mystica in a couple of years. Like it was just like fun. This is just like going back to its roots and just kind of getting like a lovely, you know, 80 minutes of this game. You know, what a nice treat, right? Like, yeah. But I was doing fairly basic stuff. Like, and so, you know, the, the, some of the deeper strategies that you can get into in Terra or Guy Project, like, some of the things that can become like those like really cool moments where you're kind of like really playing into a faction's ability or you're really getting into different things or you have sort of a longer game or different ways to score points like that that level of play obviously is not here and so i just i think that it's important to note that like you are going to kind of be playing just a more vanilla game here which is kind of i think what we're all sort of or sort of saying mm-hmm. but having said that knowing the general arc of the game it's not like something you really need to warn people about or anything i think like i mean we all kind of recognized that there weren't a lot of ways beyond that to score points and it was sort of like it what there was a little bit of pacing i think nick you mentioned like you bit off a little more than you could chew you felt like at the beginning although you you clearly put it together and what was really funny is that like here we go. We play five rounds. John in the last round basically does one action and passes because yeah. he realizes that he can get the most points by just going out, if you yeah. will. I, I did have some free actions with my faction to squeeze out some yeah. extra points. So like it was a pretty good one turn. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was great. It was great for him. But he feel he realizes that's the best thing to do. I like built a palace because that was what was rewarded. I put out another town and because it gave me the most connected buildings, and then I was like cool i pretty much done nick then after both of us have passed has this like bonkers turn that he's been building to the entire game where he, <laughs> he did like suddenly six or makes, seven things yeah yeah <laughs> he does like all of this stuff he makes two different settlements he gets the bonus tiles and he gets all this stuff and i think nick we figured out you scored like with end game scoring you scored like almost 40 points in the last 
round. Over half of like, your score came in that last round. Yeah, more than double my yeah, score. Yeah, more than double his score. Like, And so it was like Nick was like in this distant third, and then suddenly it was like he was one point away A from tying yeah. the game. Yeah. And like, I'm not sure that, I mean, that speaks to the balance of the game, although, and I guess the different strategies, but I think that, I don't know if you'd agree, Nick, I think that like, in a way you almost lucked out that that all came together before the game ended. It's like almost like the game wasn't going to give you enough time or wasn't going to give you enough weight to play that way. I don't know if you would agree. I would disagree. I did not luck out that it didn't oh, happen. Okay. At the end. <laughs> I feel like Nick had that, that last that, round yeah. in his mind all five <laughs> rounds. I mean, it's a strategy game. Like even though there's less levers to pull, this is a strategy game where the person who looks ahead the most will have a strong advantage. And I think feel like Nick was looking ahead like Nick usually does because Nick is very good at these kind of things and, and played towards that. I feel like Anastasia didn't look ahead as much but did a really good job at the the, the short run things like just always pressing the button that was going to give extra points in that round. And then I was just kind of faffing about. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were trying to lean into your asymmetry, which yes. is actually the thing that I, I would love to talk about yes. next because the thing that I think also, so I think the boards and that the income aspect is like one of the most unique things about the Terra Gaia, whatever universe, or maybe not even unique at this point, but thing that I think is very hallmark-y of, of this style of game. But the other is the asymmetry yeah. and the fact that the factions are ridiculous, right? Like, I mean, that especially in like Gaia Project, the powers that they have are like just bonkers. And I will say that I think Terra Nova nails the asymmetry um, yeah. in a game that is lighter and more vanilla still when i take a faction i've got four unique things one is my starting power two is the way that you get income on your boards is unique um and then you have two strongholds that each give you a special power so four ways that you you can essentially unlock two of them are natural to the game and then two of them are your choice if you're going to unlock those things over the course of the game and they're not as like weird or kooky as the ones in Gaia Project. They're not as imbalanced as the ones in Terra Mystica, uh, but they are fun. And I do think that like when you sit down and you play, you're like, mm, okay, like this is what I'm going to lean into with this faction this time. Uh, I, I do think that's cool. I yeah. do think that this game nails that. I was worried that it being lighter, it would take the aspect of that thing away. It would smooth over the edges of that asymmetry. And I don't think Terra Nova did that. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, the game yeah. comes with uh, 10 factions. There's five colors and each one has two different faction options. Um, so that's quite a bit of options right there. And yeah, I've played three out of the 10 now. I've played three games and I've actually witnessed eight out of the 10 being played over the course of those three games, uh, which is cool. And yeah, I agree. Like, you know, 80, 90 minute game. And you're like, okay, well, this is what my faction does. And at the start of the game that we just played, I played the Druids and they essentially leaned into the power aspect of the game. Um, power is kind of the second resource. There's these three pools of tokens. You kind of swirl them around. It's functionally identical to, to Terra Mystica and Gaia Project, except that you can't gain or lose them um there's some differences to the how you get them but either way my faction was all about that and i leaned hard into that in fact i had a special thing that let me spend power to gain victory points which is something that nick and anastasia could not do so i spent the whole game trying to increase my uh my power generation because you know my asymmetry is spend power to get points so that seemed like it made sense and i remember when i when i took the faction at the very start i told both of you i said um i am bad at this kind of asymmetry like in games you know my mantra in general is points are boring you know even though points are how you win <laughs> games points are boring and so when the when the faction 
uh, specific thing is you know get more points than other, like have a new lever to pull to get points that maybe doesn't play to my strengths and i came in third and that's fine uh, I, again it's not my strength but it was fun leaning into it uh, the, I, this was my third play and it was the first time i ever had tons of power like in the previous two plays i had a little bit like anastasia said you know every other round i was activating one or two of those power actions i kind of had off rounds but in the game we just played Every round, I had maxed out almost all of my power. So you can have at most eight to use at the beginning of a round, and I was pretty much there. And so that was fun. Like, that felt asymmetric to me. That, that felt quite different than the previous two times I played. Um, I wasn't able to leverage it very well, and that's, you know, more on me. But, you know, coming back to the, the length of time to play, which I know I'm harping on a lot, that's fine. Like, I could see myself playing the Druids again and, and trying to learn from you know, kind of missteps that I had in the last time I played. And I know a lot of people play Terra Mystica and Guy Project like that. But for me, when the game takes so much more time, like a two to three hour game, I'm like, no, I'm always going to play something different until I played everything new. Um, because I might, I'm probably never going to actually play all of these. Whereas Terra Nova, I feel like, I don't know, there's maybe a world where I do play this more than 10 times and I do get to invest in more of these factions. So yeah, it, it's a thing to consider. Yeah, I actually, I really like what you just said there, John, like that idea that like, because of the, the weight of the game and the length of the game, the likelihood that you're going to see so many more of the factions that there's just like sort of an interest point there where you're like, oh, cool. Like, what else can I do? I mean, the last game that this that kind of did that, that this reminded me of only in this one facet was how I feel at the beginning of Ark Nova when I'm like, oh, I'm going to play mm. a different zoo. I'm going to yeah. do a different thing. Because generally, I would say as a board gamer, I'm not a big fan of, I'm going to call module expansions. This is not a module expansion, right? This is playing a different faction. But when you have something like a modular expansion, like where it's like, oh, add this in or add this in or add this in. That's what, that's what Terra Mystica and Guy Project remind me of when I sit down. It's like, okay, well, here's the game, but here's 10 different ways to play it. And so we even were talking when we started this game, Nick was like, I'm going to roll a D10 and pick one. And I was like, <laughs> I love that you're going to do that. But like, <laughs> I can't do that. Like I, I can't, like, I want to know what my options are. And then I want to pick the best one, right? <laughs> like, or I want to pick one that seems fun because it's going to dictate so much of the game. I mean, it, this is one of those games where the faction that you play, it changes the way you play. I mean, John was just talking about that. It changed the way you played. It changed the way Nick played. It changed the way I played. And so I, I needed to evaluate them. And actually, to the credit of the game, they were so simple. Like, just all, all I really wanted to know was, like, what was their special power? And it was really easy for me to, to just go through them. Because that's actually one of the things I dread when I sit down to play Gaia Project or um, Terra Mystica. Is like, gosh, like, which, which one of these am I going to want to play this time? And they have best strategies and they have this. And you have to, like, it's so, like, so much. Like, I was like, cool. This is this, this is this, this is this. But even more so, and this is actually just a product of the uh, presentation of the game, each one comes with this very helpful little card. And I yeah. don't care how much of a board gamer I am or how many heavy games I play, I love me a good reference card. Like, the, like they, they heard me. I was mm -hmm. like, ooh, this little card is telling me everything I could do. It tells me what my ability is it tells me what each of my palaces do so i don't have to like lift them up it it even had like a little strategy hint at the bottom in case you're like well wait which direction do i go in it was yeah. like you know what you should do this early like this is good for you and i was like cool i may or may not listen to that but like again going back to that idea of the way i felt when john was teaching it 15 minute teach sitting down being like great that that like as someone who's played these games it's so easy to load up my faction 
It took very little brain power. Like it's been a long week. What a perfect way <laughs> to play a game on Saturday morning. So I agree with both of you. Like just they they hit the ball out of the park in my opinion on how the factions play, how the experience is, and just and also how they're presented. Yeah, the presentation part. I just want to co-sign. I, I think it is it is it cracks me up endlessly that they have these like. Terra Mystica, they just had like the, all these fan factions released, and they always have like little unique uh, iconography for what each new faction does. And and I look at them having played hundreds of games of Terra Mystica. I'm like, I don't know what that does. Give me the text. Like, yeah. it's, it's not, <laughs> I can't read it. And in this one, they're like, okay, we'll give you the text. Like, thank you. Finally, like, yeah. <laughs> of course, I need to look at this constantly. Like, I need to understand how my <laughs> faction works. Yeah. Something you mentioned in the middle there, John, where you're talking about the fact that you were playing with power in this game is for me the rest and peace aspect of Terra Nova. I think that power in this game is not cool. Um, I yeah. really love the power mechanism, the three power bowls uh, in Terra Mystica and Gaia Project. I think it's a loser in Terra Nova. Um, I think there's a couple reasons for that. The main one is that Terra Nova does away with you being able to manipulate those to reduce rules overhead. But what that means is that you're just sort of at the whim of like what your power production is. I actually am not even convinced that the three bowl system makes any sense uh, because there's no manipulation you can do for it. They really should just give you another resource and they could even just call it power and you just get it. You just have it or you don't have it. And they could rework the numbers and everything would be fine. But this like tiered movement system doesn't matter in Terra Nova because you can't cheat the system in any ways like you can in Terra Mystica or you can in Gaia Project. And there aren't opportunities for you to feel clever with it. And so if that little mini uh, mechanism, I think, is very, very cute. I've always been a big fan of that. And in this game, it does nothing for me. Yeah, I, I, I actually couldn't agree with you more, Nick. I, I found myself multiple times in the game being like, okay, I don't have enough power. I won't have enough power. There's no way to get any more power. So cool. Or there was one point in the game where I spent most of the round just hoping that Nick and John would do something to give me power. And then I would be able to like accomplish the rest of my turn. And like there was a moment where I was like, you know, Nick did. And I, if he hadn't, I would have had to pass and it felt really good, but it also felt really lucky. Like there, there's no way I could have controlled that. There's no way I could have known that was going to happen. And if he didn't, there was nothing I could do to get around that. And so I did really miss that. Like even, even the ability to spend money for power or to eat your power, like, like any of those little things. And I'm sure you know, that, that may end up coming in expansion or, or maybe there are people who want slightly heavier rules overhead might come up with a variant or something. But I think that I, I, I would love to see a way where that got more interesting or where that had more potential. And I, I see why it got lifted. I like the reference point, but I too was like, gosh, I wish I could, I wish I could tweak this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I, I did just kind of have to play into it and say, okay, well, at most you're going to get one power action and that power action is going to come from whatever you produce at the beginning in your income phase. Cool. Okay. That's all I can really rely on. And that, that worked. Once I kind of put myself in that headspace, that worked for me, but I missed it. I missed it. And I could see playing this game multiple times, just kind of like wishing that there was more there. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I I am, uh, for the most part, agreeing with you. Um, 
I, like I said, I just played a faction that really leaned heavily into the power, and that was that was cool. Like I had an extra lever to pull to spend it, but I hadn't thought about it, Nick. I, I think you really got to to the core of it. There isn't ways to be creative about it. Like I I was able to have lots of power because of income, and income isn't creative <laughs> you know like income is good and i leaned into that and i got it but yeah in the middle of the round the only way you get power is if people build next to you and we just played a three-player game in a four-player game there's probably going to be a little bit more of that but um yeah in the other games you can burn power to gain extra also there's buttons in gaia project to press that charge up your power in the middle of the round and yeah streamlining out makes sense but i feel like this needed another pass as well. Like maybe two bulls, maybe it works with two bulls so that it works a little bit differently than money. And it's like, you have to spend it to be able to have it in the bottom to then charge it. Like that makes it fundamentally a different type of resource. Um, and then, you know, the, the cuteness maybe feels a little bit less drudgery, like having to go from all from bull one to bull two and all from bull two to bull three, or just, you know, having some factions that have buttons to press that actually move those. It does feel yeah. like a little bit of a missed opportunity. It almost feels like, the design um, core idea of the game was like, okay, we're, we're doing Terra Mystica Light. Well, we can't mess with the three bowls because whenever anybody thinks about Terra Mystica, they think about those three power bowls. Like, that's like almost the very first thing. Um, so they like left that pristine. They, they didn't modify that and they kind of took away some of the infrastructure for it. And yeah, a, a bit of a missed opportunity. I mean, it doesn't sink the game for me, but that, that mechanic does feel a, a lot less fun. Yeah. And to give it some credit, you still do have that element of building next to each other and it does keep you tight it does keep you building closer to each other there's some other ports you know that you know it's cheaper to build a trading house or whatever by building next to each other like i like that element i like that i was able to accomplish my turn because nick built i liked that over the course of the game i got a fair amount of power because of you guys like there, there's still there's still the echoes of what makes that system cool but i do worry with a new player to sitting down you know it's 15 minutes for us because we've all played Mystica guy project but the new player it might take five minutes alone just to explain the power bowls and what a what an easy place to potentially screw up in your game i think that that is is a place where i i agree with you john you know maybe there will be some other factions or some other things some other opportunities to make that a little bit more interesting and kind of like worth the overhead for for what it is within the scope of this game yeah i mean it still has the, the game still has the like building near people is good but of course there's always the chance that they'll block you off um getting blocked is not as bad in this game as it is in terra mystica because the wheel is only five circles long rather than seven circles long so you know if you get blocked generally you can escape valve somewhere else and i think all that stuff is is the hallmark certainly of a game that is just uh, you know it's just the lighter version of 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 terra mystica like those those things are going to be a little bit less rude i am very curious about your point though anastasia like i'd love to break this game out teach it to someone totally new and see uh you know they haven't played any terra mystica any gaia project and see what their impression of the game is and the one thing i wish that we had on this 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 podcast right now is one of us having had that experience <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I, I i honestly can't even speak I, I can't take this game out of the context of of the other games that they've made and that's yeah that's kind of interesting right like it's it's I, i'm essentially we're at a space in board games and you you were talking about this all the way at the beginning anastasia that we're now consuming board games in the context of other board games yeah. rather than things being like oh wow like that that's no one's ever done something like that before right 
and I'm not even talking about like, oh, it's a deck builder like Dominion, right? Like I'm talking about like, you've played this exact game. It's this, but we took these things out. And you're like, <laughs> oh, you can design that? You're allowed to do that? Yeah. <laughs> I do think that if you taught this to somebody who had never played any of this type of game before and they liked it, you could so easily teach them Terra Mystica at that point. Like mm. this almost mm. feels like a tutorial for Terra Mystica. Because if Ooh. you busted out Terra Mystica and put it on the table, you'd be like, okay, think Terra Nova, cool. Now we'll add 30% more rules, and that's what this is what this special other board does. But like it's it, there's so little changes. Like like just a, a few caveats. It's just you know, this plus this plus this plus. And it's it's very yeah, like you said, we're looking at it from the going backwards mindset, but the going forwards mindset. Um, I could totally see that working. <laughs> I really that's could. So interesting, John. I really, that's funny. I really hadn't thought about it that way. I, I sort of thought of this as like a replacement, right? Like, where it's like, oh, we'll have this because to your point at the beginning of this podcast, Nick, you were like, oh, I don't know. I need to, you know, I'm never going to get Tamaristic to the table. This is the one I'll play with, you know, whatever X group of people. But how fascinating to think like, yeah this could be how I kind of get a buy-in, right? Like we play this and then I get, I get my group to the next game. I get that they, they get the level of strategy here and it takes it to the next level. That's really interesting, John. And I, and I do kind of like want to go back to something that I said, you know, in the middle and I was saying, you know, Nick, was it luck there at the end? And he was like, uh, no. And <laughs> so I want to like, I want to acknowledge that, you know, I think I rescind that point that I made. And I think it's important that I say that because when I'm sitting here reflecting at the end of this conversation and kind of looking at all of this, this is a game that, that does offer a lot of depth for what it is. I mean, no, it's not a three hour version of terror. You know, it's, it's not terror. It's not three hours. It's not as deep. It's, there's not as much going on, but there are a lot of paths to victory. There is an ability to kind of do the generic thing, come out ahead, kind of like ride that lead through. There's an ability to build what Nick did, you know, build a bunch of stuff and, kind of wait and then just go mass massive at the end there's what john did just like play into his faction's power and and see how that turns out and like that's three different unique strategies of play with a game with 10 different factions that offer 10 different inherently unique strategies of play like that's really cool there's a lot of game here for what is an 80 minute game there were still a number of turns where we kind of had to stop and think and be like wait i need to think about what i'm doing yeah. but not so much downtime that i ever got bored like it was just just the right weight for a game that we could all really enjoy given the level of gamers that we are that i do think would be accessible to people who normally would be turned off by a game of the weight of Terra Mystica or Guy Project. And I think that is just, it's a huge credit to what they've done here. And thinking about it, particularly in that context, John, if I was a big Terra Mystica fan, getting this game, introducing this to people, particularly like my significant other or otherwise, like that would be really cool. And I think that's the space where this lands for me. Like I, th this is not a game that I need to own just because I'm not as big a fan like of Terra Mystica. It's not that I'm not a fan. It's just, I, there are other games I would rather play, but I find both really enjoyable and I would happily play this anytime. Like, in yeah. fact, I like, I like, let's play next week. Like, this is great. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like a great game. I just, I don't need to introduce more people in my life to Terra Mystica, but, uh, you know, via Terra Nova or otherwise. But if I did or I wanted to, mm, yeah. this is a good one. One point you said in the middle there, I, I do want to um, 
kind of hold up. And that is that, you know, while we, we talked a little bit, you know, oh, the game is a little bit more vanilla in some ways and whatnot, there's still quite a bit to think about. And, you know, we've played mm-hmm. a lot of games, in particular with Nick. And Nick frequently is a quick player of games, especially the games that Anastasia and I like to play, like, you know, lighter rule sets, 60 to 90 minutes. Like, it's Nick's turn and Nick just does the thing. And then we move on <laughs> and it's Nick's turn and Nick just does the thing. He's got it all mapped out. And there were several times where Nick just did the thing. But there were also many times in this play where... I don't know, Nick took a minute just sitting there thinking. And it wasn't like crazy analysis paralysis or anything, but I remember sitting there thinking about Nick thinking, being like, there's stuff to think about here. Like, (laughs) you know, there's definitely plans and strategies. It's not like obvious. The decisions are not obvious. Occasionally they might be. Like in the last round, it's like, oh, okay, well, the obvious thing for me to do is to build a palace and then pass. But it was the end of the game. Like that was the culmination of my strategy as opposed to the beginning. Um, there's quite a lot to think about even right in the, the setup of the game. Not too much, but but definitely something there. I just want to say that I think the, the sequencing in all of these style of games is so important uh, because of the economic nature of the games, because they, they make your income, which then, as we talked about earlier, snowballs into other things. And because this game is shorter, because you have essentially like because it's shorter, there's a more tighter constrained space that sequencing becomes even more significant. I don't think that the decisions are paralyzingly difficult at all. Um, I think that on a lot of turns, it's like, okay, it seems like I'm going to maybe do these four or five things and I get to choose two or three of those four or five things. So that's kind of the decision space that you're often thinking about. Um, I think relatively accessible, but you still need to make sure that you've like thought it through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but not in the same way, like you said, not in the same way of those heavier games. Like I, I kept thinking there must, you know, be more, I need to, I need to double check all of my things here. And I was like, no, okay. It's a smaller decision space, but still plenty to chew on. And I, I liked that. I liked that there was still a good number of options, but not so many that I was really like, my, my head did not hurt at the <laughs> end of this game, yeah. but you know, it, it felt like it had gone for like a lovely walk and, you know, yeah, you know, found some interesting things along the way. So to wrap this one up, my take on this one after playing it three times is that I I really feel like I could very happily play this game at least seven more times to try all the factions. I'm curious. Um, there are a couple factions I would like to try again, particularly the first one um, that I played very poorly. But I think one of the bigger takeaways for me about this is, you know, I'm in a lot of ways the primary rules teacher of pretty much every group I go into. And I love how simple this game is to teach. And I have not taught this to somebody who has no framework, and that will definitely be a longer than 15-minute teach, but I would so rather put this in front of that person than Terra Mystica or Gaia Project. I will, I will 100% totally. do it. I mean, I own yep. the game. I have a copy, so that will be the option that I go for, and I definitely lean towards that. I, I get rules teach fatigue sometimes, especially with a lot of modern Euros. There's just a lot going on, um, and I'm like, oh, I want to play that game, but do I really want to teach it? And this one, I, I'm not going to balk at teaching it at all. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy that I have it. Um, you know, for uh, full disclosure, I don't own Terra Mystica, but I do own Gaia Project. I still have that, even though I haven't played it in about four years or something like that. And I don't think this necessarily fires Gaia Project. In fact, to a certain extent, after playing three games of Terra Nova over the last month, I kind of want to bust Guy Project out again. Yeah, you know? it kind of makes you want to play it, doesn't it? I <laughs> yeah, was thinking I the same thing. I, I do. Like, Let's play some uh, Guy Project. So I could see both of these in my future. Did anything happen like three years ago that made it hard for you to start playing Guy Project? I can't, I can't imagine anything that would make that happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, that I think is going to bring a wrap for for Terra Nova for us. This has been uh, it's, it's been really fun playing this and, and seeing sort of the evolution of this 
the the terror yeah. world um but i'm definitely looking forward to playing this game more often with y'all it's time space i think is going to be one where we're going to put it on the table i know a couple times in the next month or two for sure yeah um or the digital table and as john mentioned earlier in this podcast uh he's going to have a playthrough with friends for terra nova so you can check out him playing a two-player version of this game i will say i think this game is going to be sweetest at four players but i think it's still going to work really well at two so you can check that out and watch it uh, for yourself but thanks for coming along on this ride with us thanks uh jonathan and anastasia and we'll see you next time bye bye